you have that time in your childhood where your brain is ex- like buying into all these values and stuff that is being taught to you. And so if you don't have the parenting of like, and I didn't have the parenting, my dad wasn't really around and my mm-hmm. mom was basically working three jobs so that we didn't look like anyone different in our community, right? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoated podcast, where every week we bring you real, raw and unfiltered conversations designed to motivate and inspire you on your journey through motherhood, relationships, and career. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Thanks for spending this time with us. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome. It is a lovely morning. It is it? Is it? It's not. It's actually quite actually, great. Actually, we've had a rough But we have start. a very lovely, sunshiny lady in the house. Woo-hoo. Anita Parker is a dynamic force in the realm of personal development, craving, uh, carving, not craving, because we're talking about food just a minute ago. So now, <laughs> it's like uh, a carving her slip. niche as a coach and speaker with an unwavering commitment to empowering others and creating lasting impact. As a multi-passionate entrepreneur, she seamlessly weaves her diverse skills and experience into a tapestry of inspiration and guidance. Good job. Oh my God, I'm on a roll. <laughs> I know, look at me. Wow, oh. Sanella, I hope you're listening. Yeah, listen to this one because she's always giving me a hard time because <laughs> my reading skills, you know. Um, with a keen understanding of the transformative power of coaching, Anita dedicates herself to helping individuals unlock their full potential. Her coaching philosophy is rooted in fostering self-discovery and resilience, guiding her clients on a journey of personal and personal growth. As a seasoned speaker, Anita takes center stage, yes, she does, ladies and gentlemen, to share her (laughs) insights of empowerment and the art of creating meaningful change. Her majestic presence... It is magnetic, but I do want to say majestic. Okay, majestic. Majestic (laughs) presence. It is also very magnetic and authentic storytelling captivates audiences, leaving a lasting imprint. Welcome, Welcome. Anita. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) So good to have you. Oh my gosh, Uh, where is she? Who's Anita Parker? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Who is she? Yeah. Actually, yeah, because we were like, we thought we'd dive in by being like, tell us about yourself. Because the biggest thing we always hear is people are like, Anita, she just came out of nowhere. But then you're telling us you've been here for 18 years. So tell us the story of Anita. Yeah, it's really quite interesting, you know. I was born in Toronto, outside of Toronto, actually. And I always felt really misplaced there. Like it wasn't really home. I felt out of sorts. As a teenager, I would spend my summers in Vancouver. And at 12 years old, I was like, I am moving to BC. Vancouver for sure. This place is incredible. And what ended up happening was an opportunity came in Kelowna in 2006. And at the time, I had a 20-month-old and a baby on the way. I was eight months pregnant, Mm -hmm. and I came to beautiful Kelowna. And at the time, I was a dental hygienist. So my career in dentistry was 26 years, and I always knew it was meant for more. And I knew that from a very, very young age. But I just didn't know how it was going to come to surface because 
I could only empower people in the dental industry so far. Mm. Right. And it was like, I'm just waiting to be shown what it's going to be. And so I've been here, yeah, for 18 years working away. And in 2014, I went through a huge life change. I separated and divorced my children's father. It was amicable. We actually went out and celebrated, but we came here for a better life for our kids. And we just both evolved in very different ways. We created this incredible lifestyle. And it's quite interesting because everyone thought we were this power couple, you know, doing this, doing that, opening a business, having multiple, you know, properties, et cetera. And what happened was, is that, Yes, we were powerful, but we did not become powerful together as mm-hmm. husband and wife. A mm-hmm. lot of ego started happening. And um, yeah, so it was just in that moment, by 2015, when everything was kind of finished up, I ended up diving into a yoga teacher's training and met my dear friend, Pam Rader, which has been on your She's mm-hmm. been on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And she just taught me so much more on how to show up as a, like, a better human, a better mom, a better sister, a better friend. And I became more and more curious of like, hey, like, what am I going to do? Just can you, like, at that time, in that stage of my life, I was like, you know, you want that rushing? Like, just show Mm -hmm. me now. I wasn't ready. (laughs) Show me it right now. Right now. Looking back, my central nervous system would have not have been able to like, take on what I'm doing now today. So yeah, a few years went by and then um, it's so interesting because I said I would never remarry, Mm -hmm. famous last words. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I met my now husband who is, that man is my biggest cheerleader supporter and such an incredible husband, father, and he has been such an amazing mentor for the world of entrepreneurship. Mm. He's grown successful multi-million dollar businesses in Alberta. And um, interesting is that when I met him, I, I could care less that, you know, he was in the restaurant industry. I had created mm-hmm. a great lifestyle for my family and I, even, you know, when our family divided and it was like, yeah, I don't, and he wasn't boastful by any means, but it was like my mind wasn't open. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, whatever. And so then I went with him um, to Fort McMurray because that's where the businesses are. And he's been in that community for almost 30 years now. And when I got there, I mean, you guys hear me talk about Fort Mac. It is an exceptional business community. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I remember going to this gala and— um, My husband's business at the time was the diamond sponsor for this gala. And it was like, these people band together. Like, it's Mm. insane. Mm -hmm. And I've never had that experience here because I very lightly had my toes into entrepreneurship here with my former spouse. And I was like, whoa. So what I quickly became to learn was that he really used the platform of his restaurants as a stage to really give back, philanthropy, mm-hmm. be the change for the community. And I was like, oh, I, I was just like, I landed. Mm-hmm. I am here. And he was just continuously empowering me. I mean, you guys know what I'm like. I love to chat and get to really mm-hmm. know people, like really look into your eyes and know you. And then I'm like, 
I get to make a big difference here mm. with my with my man. This is amazing. And so that for me was like the beginning of like where I was going. Nice. Yeah. It's cool. I have so many things to ask. I'm like, oh, where do I start? But um, start from the beginning. From the beginning. <laughs> well, I think like, uh, well, I have lots of business questions, but one thing that I do, I was thinking about the other day, which you just said you and your ex-husband ended amicably. I love, you've actually really inspired me to be, let sh- shit go and be more amicable mm-hmm. in my relationship with my kid's dad. And we actually had a barbecue all together. And I was thinking about how you said you guys had Sunday dinners together. Your Him and his wife came for Christmas. I just think you've created a really beautiful relationship with that. And how do you feel like you did that or did it just come naturally or? Well, you know, Alex, one thing I would change about that, and I will talk about it, is I really feel like kids should stay in the home and parents should come and go. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I could, and I don't often say I'd ever want to redo something, what would I do different? Mm -hmm. That is the one thing in my life I would do different. 100%. Kids should not be put through the back and forth. And I know it's not always the experience. Like, we can't Mm -hmm. financially do that. Uh, We could have, actually. Uh, We were in that position. And so that's the one thing. And I think the kids' dad and I were just, like, there first, first and foremost. So, yeah, for, like, that first period of time— it was like he was coming for Sunday dinners. We wanted the kids to know that, hey, we're here for you, both of you, going, still going to like, you know, they were both competitive athletes, still going to things together. It was really quite lovely. Um, and so, yeah, we were celebrating some of the kids' birthdays together with his partner. And then, you know, Andy came onto the scene in 2017 mm-hmm. and it was just like, it's like he's been here the whole time. And and everyone gets along, you know. Um we actually had my two bonus daughters. We had their mom and her partner over too. They're just great humans. And the fact that we can all get along and show the kids that this is also available, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it gives the kids a sense of the earth beneath their feet is steady. Mm-hmm. And the kids need that. I didn't have that growing up. Mm -hmm. I definitely in my childhood, I had no idea watching my mom. I was going to use all of her tools (laughs) um, in my life. And and so she was a single mom. She raised three of us. My dad left. um, And so she never spoke a bad word about my dad. Mm -hmm. Not even to this day. They're still friends. It's crazy. She was setting me up for, you know, my future I had no idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. But that feeling of uncertainty and just like I remember as a kid, always my stomach being upset and mm. you know trying to you know I would be sick so I could stay home just so I can get any time because I didn't know if my dad was going to be there or not because he would come and go kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it was like I wanted something so different for my kids, mm-hmm. and so that was really man. That was really important to us. And, and I had those conversations with their dad. Like, we really need them to know we're here from them. Like, regardless if we're apart, we have to show up. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Do you That's think powerful. it's, yeah, I think it's amazing that you're able to, you were able to create that for your kids. I don't think there's a lot of couples that 
possibly can because it's one or the other spouse, right? And depend on what the reasons are for, you know, splitting up. Because people, when you said you were a powerful couple, right? So yeah. you were growing, but not together. You were growing apart. Yes. But there was an understanding because you had that respect, um, I'm just assuming, for yes. each other. And um, yeah, that um, you were able to, you know, have those conversations because of your growth and because you had that respect. So it's, you know, I guess not the question, but it's what would you, what would your advice be for people going through this type of separations that may not be in that situation that you, you guys were um, you know, lucky enough to cultivate. Yeah. I, for me, I mean, sharing wisdom, I think is really important. Um, I try never to give advice, but I can only share my own experience of, and I think, you know, I love the word ego edging God out mm-hmm. is really, you know, I remember Wayne Dyer saying that and I'm like, who. And we all to some level have ego. And I think because the kids, dad and I had done a lot of self-development stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's, if it's possible to remove the ego because someone's hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Someone got hurt. Someone, you know, you grow apart it's really putting all of that aside of the kids have to come first, regardless of that spouse, you know, mm-hmm. walked out or, you know, wasn't emotionally available, whatever it might be, you know, was married to their work, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing things out there. When you breed resentment, it is toxic, mm-hmm. literally toxic for your body. So I guess the question is, is do you want to fill your body with poison? Yeah. If you could just try and remove yourself mm-hmm. from like, oh, he's this, she's that, like it's it's actually irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really is. Um, you know, and Just being honest with like the reality of like this happened and what can we do to move forward mm-hmm. for the children? Right. Yeah. Bottom line. Like that's the the naked mm-hmm. reality is this. Mm-hmm. We grew apart. He did this. I did this. Like, and be really honest about what, what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so look the street, in the mirror. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. look at your side of the yeah. street, clean up your dishes. I looked at myself. I, and I still look at myself of like when anything in life is evolving and it's, it's like, Anita, what is this really for you? Mm-hmm. What is this about? As soon as I get that feeling, I'm like, okay, so like, let's look at this. So I guess that would be a really important tool. It's just anger is so, there's enough anger going out in the world. Why do you want to subject mm-hmm. yourself to more mm-hmm. if you have the control? Because we do actually all have the control. Yeah. And that was the thing. I remember Andy saying, you know, when things would get, there'd be some tension about a situation. He said, I just can't believe how you handle that. I'm like, I'm not giving my power to anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It took me my whole life to get yeah. the power that I have <laughs> right. today. You're like, so I'm not giving this <laughs> like, away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, next. Mm-hmm. So because it does level out, like yeah. it does mm-hmm. pass. Mm-hmm. Everything passes, so. Yeah, yeah. we were in a yeah. church uh, last Sunday, which we never go, but I listened to the sermon for the first time. Uh in many, many, many years. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I actually listen. Actually, I did actually listen. And uh, because it's on this topic, he did say, you know, what are you willing to, like if if God or Jesus showed up um, and he said, okay, follow me now, what would it be that those things that would hold you back, mm. you know, like the fears, the stuff, the materialistic stuff, mm. the anger, like what would it be? You know, the power is in surrendering Mm -hmm. that, all that stuff that is not necessary in your life, which is the, you know, the resentment, the anger, the blame, the shame. And he's just, I also went to the psychic fair and they said, put it in a bowl and throw it away. Love it. (laughs) I love it. So it's either way, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just that surrendering all of that and mm-hmm. giving it away and not giving that power, your power Just away almost. with it. Absolutely. So true. And then your favorite guy, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but I was on a walk yesterday and I was listening to Lewis mm-hmm. House and his episode was all about, um, he had this psychologist on and she, she was like, tell yourself better lies because we tell yeah. ourselves lies anyway. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, I could eat a horse. I could, none of these are true. No. So why not say I'm a powerful human being? Mm-hmm. I am somebody who makes impact on people's lives. Why not make a new lie yeah. to ourselves, which then becomes your truth mm-hmm. and you're not filling your head with like negativity and poison. All yeah. The time. I mean, my 5 a.m. wake up calls, I mean, today was 324, but <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, laying there and just having those talks to yourselves are so powerful. I was so angry. I think the hormonal thing is kicking in too. I was so bloody angry on Saturday. My children told me they had the best day ever with me. I mean, they've had best day ever's before, but they had so much fun. I took them to the psychic fair. We went to the cat cafe, petted a bunch of cats. And all I wanted to do is rage and scream. And I didn't because I had so much pent up, like, I don't know where it was. I think the anger was from sadness. Like we unpacked it, but I was just so ragey. And then I even, you know, came home, Lee was home and I said, you know, I'm just letting you know, I am very angry today. I am raging inside. And then he acknowledged, he's like, you know, I acknowledge you for working on that and not taking it out on like the because I'm like yeah I wanted to take it out on all of you today mm-hmm. but I didn't want to give my power away because I am in control of me I am in control of who I show up and how I show up for those around me and I ask myself every day am I like what kind of mom do I want to be for my kids what kind of wife what kind of daughter for my mom what kind of friend for my friends mm-hmm. and that it's because my 5 a.m. 
you know, talks to myself, those lies that you're like, you are amazing. Yes. But I feel like shit, but I'm still amazing. Right. So I'm going <laughs> to yes. make others feel amazing. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's I so get true. That. It's the, how we talk to our subconscious is so important. And I like you, when I wake up, I start my meditation and my affirmations. Mm-hmm. So I am talking to myself respectfully mm-hmm. and loving myself. And and when I step out of integrity during the day and I'm hard on myself, my husband will say, I don't like how you're treating my wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you for the reminder. Yes, it's it's practice. And I think more and more people are learning that the way you speak to yourself, even if you're not verbally saying it out mm-hmm. loud and you have it in your mind, it's yeah. showing up in your life. We're learning that more and more. Mm-hmm. So I'm very intentional with my thoughts. And when something does come in, it's literally like a clicker or a turning of the page of like, okay, next, because this mm-hmm. is BS. It's yeah. imposter syndrome. It's self-sabotage. And I'm actually not sus- subscribing to it right now. Yeah. So bye-bye. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I do the same. I was like, you know, the thoughts and the negative thoughts. I'm like, oh, thanks for showing up. Now you're gone. Yes. I am not going to play into this. I am not going to have this limiting right. belief. I am not going to pretend this is okay. It's not. And like you said, yeah. bye-bye. bye-bye. <laughs> Don't you think it's powerful too when you realize you've been doing that and then it kind of shows up in the form of a little like child. Like the other day, Evie said something to me and I was like, yeah, I don't really think that about myself. And she's like, well, you're welcome to believe that, but that's not what I believe. <laughs> I was like, oh, self-talk works all around, yeah. right? What a yeah. teacher mm-hmm. she is for she you. She is a teacher. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So tell us, because um, we talked a little bit just before we started. Um, you're both a little bit on a journey with the hormones, The you're on a health kick, you're mm. on a health kick. I'm starting to be on a health kick. Mm. I know I'm off the dry January on and off. I'm sure. Um, so, you know, how is that affecting your life and all the things that you have going on? Because we are women in our 40s mm. where, you know, we are in our prime and finding ourselves having that midlife awakening. We have a lot to give, but then the other stuff shows up. Yeah. So that's been like, I I actually think I've been in perimenopause for the last five or six years and it's just been undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's been wild. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when you're in the thick of like helping to lead others and empowering them and elevating them. And I, I don't take any of that lightly, you know, in all the multiple businesses that I do. And it was like, when I saw some of that, like the dark thoughts that were coming into my mind last January, and I was like crying at everything and just like, just a sense of sadness and being like, I could see why people consider suicide. Mm -hmm. I knew I was in a bad place. Mm -hmm. Like I knew something was wrong. And so I ended up seeing a lady who does bioscans, which are huge in Europe. Mm-hmm. We're so behind in the times here. And she just read every system in Oregon, in my body and all the things. She tweaks stuff for me. So it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a journey. I'm definitely in a great place now. And in that, I'm just kind of unlearning and relearning stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it's hormones. You know, some of it's 
Um, I think a lot of past trauma that I've worked, that I thought I worked through, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I did work through. Let me be a little more clear on that. But it comes back because there's another piece. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, I'm not a drinker, which is, you know, interesting. And I share this on one of my platforms with Wine Women Wellbeing. Um, you know, those events have actually nothing to do with wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have everything to do with um, bringing exceptional humans together to actually create deeper connections and collaborate together and do mm-hmm. amazing things. And so I share honestly on that channel and in front of people, like I'm actually, I don't really drink wine mm-hmm. um, and I don't really drink. And, you know, I think I had a half a glass of wine on New Year's and that's about it. I just, for me, I also, I like to be in control of my life in the sense that I want to show up to my life in a way that I am doing the things that I'm passionate about, that I love doing. I don't want to feel like crap Mm -hmm. um, from having a hangover. And, you know, for me, looking back at some of the things that transpired in my childhood of like my father leaving Um, surviving years of child abuse and, you know, and actually being raped by my friend's brother. Like, these are all things that are resurfacing now in my life. And I'm like, there's, I think in this, in in the part of my life, especially my teen years, like early, I would say like at 13, I was already starting to drink. Mm hmm by 15 i was you know starting to do drugs like and i know these are things that that happen but i was literally doing all these things to mask all the pain of years before mm-hmm. and so as i was getting older i was you know especially i think I barely drank in my 30s. I was raising my kids like, you know, Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the mom's like, let's get together and let's have wine together. And it was like, is that culture? And I was just like, "Mm, okay, like I would have drinks and stuff. And now it's like, I'm not interested because for me, it brings up a really shit time of masking stuff in my life. I don't ever want to do that again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm just not interested in using, um, alcohol or any kind of substances or any kind of addiction for that matter, gambling, you know, to mask anything. Mm -hmm. So I think because of those traumas, I've struggled pretty much most of my life with eating disorders. And it's like, it's, it's all from trauma, Mm -hmm. unhealed trauma. And I'm just like, you know, I'm going into my 49th year now. In my 50s, I want to be the best version of myself. And it's why I've been doing the work for decades. To show up and be like here to help men and women, because men go through this stuff too. Mm-hmm. I want to make that super clear. Um, yeah, and and children of like, hey, there are different ways and there are different tools. Mm-hmm to navigate through these situations. So those traumas never fully go away. You just mm-hmm. learn how to work through them. Uh, for me, Alex, I know you know this because you heard me speak at a women's conference. I actually have forgiven and um, have deep love for 
you know, the person that abused me through my childhood. I actually was able to confront them, talk to them, have an understanding of like, hey, like what happened? Mm -hmm. This happened. And the same thing happened to them. So it was like there was a lot of generational stuff that we actually really worked through together. And then there was space for forgiveness and love. Mm -hmm. And not every that's not everybody's experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of how I'm navigating all the things that have happened have made me the, the human I am today so that I can show up as someone who can put a hand out, who can help someone, um, you know, on the walk of life. Mm-hmm. It's probably a big reason why I became a coach. It was like, I want to help people, you yeah. know, I want to care for them, not carry them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. fair. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and because I wish I... I had that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so many incredible ways to help people now in my generation growing up. It was like, you don't talk about things. Mm-hmm. And now I talk about the things. Right. Because um, I want that out of me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Instead of like bottling, bottling it down. Bottling it down yeah. for sure. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah. Well, I want to first and foremost acknowledge you for sharing and being so open uh, Mm -hmm. with us here. Mm -hmm. We appreciate, you know, um, you letting us into and are Mm -hmm. listening into your world. Um, Yeah. And I kind of can relate with the working on things and things popping up uh, at the most inconvenient time. I always, that's what it feels like mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And because I started my journey, which I didn't know I had so much to unpack because mm-hmm. we don't know our blind spots unless we actually start looking, you know, looking in the mirror, looking at our reflections and then seeing into those dark, deep corners and acknowledging them. Because we're really good, like you said, Alex, telling ourselves lies mm-hmm. and justifying the things that we do. But then when you truly look in the mirror at all your parts, the light and the dark, especially the dark, is when the transformation comes. It's because you're able then to really, truly change that narrative and and understand who you are and and change who you want to be. Absolutely. And that Mm -hmm. was the thing for me is like, I really wanted to change who I was, Mm -hmm. you know, you have that time in your childhood where your brain is like buying into all these values and stuff that is being taught to you. And so if you don't have the parenting of like, and I didn't have the parenting, my dad wasn't really around and my Mm -hmm. mom was basically working three jobs so that we didn't look like anyone different in in our community. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the parenting and, and she's an incredible human, um, the parenting wasn't there. So I didn't know how to use my voice. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be um, a stand and have the confidence. And so that didn't come really actually until my teen years. Like my brothers, I have two older brothers. They, we raised each other really at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And so it was just believing in the system of like, hey, we have a presence and we did and they Mm -hmm. did. And it's interesting, you know, in high school and in in elementary school, like 
yes, I was popular. However, I hung out with everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to help others be seen and heard, even at a young age, which is interesting, mm-hmm. looking at that now, because I wanted to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a reason why I ended up like working my butt off to earn myself a scholarship to a performing arts school which I was didn't end up taking the scholarship because it had too much uncertainty. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have a paycheck if mm-hmm. I do this. Obviously, I'm talented. I got this scholarship. I can be seen and heard, but I was meant to be seen and heard, not on the big screen or mm-hmm. singing or any of that. I was meant to be in front of people, helping them, mm-hmm. nurturing them, um, you know, giving them, providing them tools, et cetera, and, and really— just bringing humans together to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you're so great at that. Like one of the things I just really love about when you have an event, for example, you had that women wine and wellbeing event that we went to not long ago, another one coming up, but you are just so great at highlighting everybody's business, what they're doing, their talents, their like area of strength. And I think that that, event was really powerful because I realized how many people I didn't know about, how many, it, and yeah. it's so nice. It was just such a great, yeah, just acknowledging, acknowledging everybody. Everybody yeah. was very, yeah, yeah. I got a little emotional when you yeah. said that. I think for me, I literally, when you were saying that, it was like, a, every time I do that, I feel like I'm hugging the five-year-old Anita. Mm. Aw. So that's like, it's my mission mm-hmm. to to make sure people are seen and heard. And, um, and it's, it's healing for me Mm -hmm. and I choose these people because I believe in them and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it goes far beyond our community here in Kelowna. You know, I, I've always heard, you know, it's hard to get into this town. People are clicky. I've never felt like that, (laughs) you know, and then, you know, or, or people will say, oh, it's tricky in business. People are really close to there. And I'm like. Now that I've, you know, I've opened the businesses in Alberta, but now that I'm doing this here and much more is coming, it's just like, I don't find that. Mm -hmm. And that is because, as you two know, we are attracting like-minded humans Mm -hmm. that care so deeply Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we just keep attracting them, like Mm -hmm. daily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I've never found that. We were. I remember when we both moved here around the same time, and that's the message everyone would say around us. So it's hard to get into things. It's clicky, so clicky. and I, I feel like I've never been in a business community so know, open, so open, so so many people all the time. Mm-hmm. So many people like, hey, I'm doing this. Why don't you come do this with me, or let's mm-hmm. do this together? Yes. And yeah. like, this is amazing. Yeah. And you know, like when you show up a certain way for people. And what I love is that you do show up for everyone mm. that way, and how powerful that is. Because as a as a as a little girl, when I came here, I didn't really speak. The, I I know I still have an accent. I don't hear it, but I love your accent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I went to horseback riding camp for a week because I loved horses. And I was in this room, and there was these girls. I was I think 12, 11, 12, So only a year year and a half here in Canada. And uh, obviously accent was way thicker. I was, you know, I, I spoke Polish, German. I had to, I was thrown into English and then French. So I have accents in every language that I speak, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I went to horseback riding camp and I was 
bullied or made fun of for my accent. And, you know, if it wasn't for the owner, he noticed that, the, you know, the girls were really mean uh, to me because I, you know, I sounded different, probably looked different. I came from like a refugee. So I didn't have all this stuff. You know, my glasses were so big. They were, every time I smiled, the cheeks would, you right. know, move them uh, back and back because my parents couldn't afford it. Course. Right. Um, so we had to brush the horses and um, everybody it was time for lunch. Everybody's leaving. But the owner, he's like, Bella, stay back. I need to talk to you. He's like, I'm just going to tell you your accent is the most beautiful thing about you. Aww. Don't ever change. At 11 and a half, those words changed my life. Aww. It did. So yes. having people like you in the community is so empowering because one encounter, I don't even know his name. I don't know. Like it can really change a person's per, like trajectory. Yeah, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> oh, we're all going to cry. Yeah, but no, this for is sure. That's we're so, yeah. doing together collectively, yeah, yeah. even the three of us being here. Yeah. You know, I love that. Thank Sorry. you. For, yeah, <laughs> thank do, you for sharing do that. Do not apologize yeah, no. for being you. I love, I love yeah. hearing that. I'm mm -hmm. sorry you went through that, but I love hearing you should. I love your voice. When I met oh. you, I was like, first of all, <laughs> captivated by your eyes. And then I was like, oh, oh keep talking. So, yeah, we're mm. here very purposefully, mm. my friends, to come together to literally lock arms and, and, and make a difference that's going to go way far beyond our community. Mm -hmm. Wait, like this is just the tip of it and we are continuing to bring and find those people they're finding us mm -hmm. and and what a gift that is to be of service mm -hmm. that has always and will forever be you know so you said that thing like if god came and asked you to come with him yeah i think because i grew up in a christian home I never, for me, I believe in God, the universe. I believe in all because I believe it's all one. Mm -hmm. If he came to me and said, come with me, for me, I would. Because mm -hmm. I know he's coming to me for a reason, for a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. And that he's going to keep my family safe, but I need to go do the thing with him. Mm -hmm. uh, that freaking excites me, actually. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. to make a bigger difference mm -hmm. for the world. Mm -hmm. and that's exciting mm -hmm. that is exciting yeah wow, wow. I'm like where do you know I think I know where to go <laughs> um, yeah I mean that was yeah amazing okay so one of the things I've heard you say before and maybe you can share a little on this is you know during COVID times you you realized that you were a terrific manifester of all things. And I, I love also if maybe you can share, I know this is double question here, mm -hmm. but one of the things that I've heard you speak about manifesting is, you know, it's one thing to manifest, but it's another to be like, give me the tools I need to keep the thing that I've manifested, manifested or oh, to oh. keep this, et cetera. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. My first introduction to manifesting was Wayne Dyer. Mm. Um, I ended up meeting Wayne Dyer twice and got to spend time with him. Um, he's since passed on. He is an exceptional man, the the father of motivation. They call him, uh, or called him. And uh, I was going through a dark time, and I was like, "That's after like I confronted. I was that divine intervention happened. Had a bad car accident. It was like 
there was a holistic practitioner I was working with in Toronto and she introduced me to all of this stuff. And I was like, wow, okay. And at that time I was young. So I was like 25 and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to manifest this and I'm going to manifest. And all of it was coming, FYI. Mm. (laughs) Then when you get on stickier parts of your journey, when you're kind of going through the honey and it's thick and Mm -hmm. you're trying to walk through it, I was like, well, I'll just go manifest. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would, except those things, like all the success that came um, when I moved here and like it was going, 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 all came with a massive cost. So the thing is, is that with manifesting, you got to be crystal clear on what you're manifesting, not like, hey, I want, um, you know, $70 million. Mm -hmm. And because there's so much negative crap that's attached to that. Mm -hmm. It's like being really specific of like, hey, you know, Yes, you want to say it's the 70 million. Let's just use that as an example because people can be more relatable to money. What are you doing with that money? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to help with that money? How is your life going to look with that money mentally, physically? How are you going to keep that money or multiply that money so you can leave a legacy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I take that really seriously. I'm here to leave a legacy for my family and and in in this world. And so I think that, you know, manifesting now for me is like I get really clear like I will write things down. Because I've manifested some huge things. So like in 2020 when I had to reinvent myself and I started that online business, mm-hmm. I would write down every day like I'm going to be a VP in this business, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get the trips, I'm going to get the car. Here's the thing, what I didn't right along with that was like retaining it. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I had this massive following. I basically built a brand for my own name doing this business and it grew and I had people all over the world that I was, you know, chatting with, helping, helping build the business, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And I took no time on like, how am I going to maintain this? And the thing is too, is that when you're constantly being, um, you know, hitting a goal, hitting a goal, and and you and you should hit goals. Let me be really clear on that. But when when people are seeing you hit these landmarks all the time, and then you know you're feeling like everyone's watching you because they are, mm-hmm. they want to learn from you, and then it just became my whole life became transactional. Mm-hmm. I lost the transformational, and I love to have transformational relationships, and it's like. Oh, this is shitty. I don't mm-hmm. like this. This is not this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. So for me, like, you know, last year I had to really kind of look back at that and go, is this what I still want to do? Yes, I'm getting to help people, but this is not how I can be the best of service. So I didn't manifest that one properly. Mm-hmm. And 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 the reason why I did it was be I didn't now looking back is because I meant for way more than just doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's cool because every time I have idea, I go to my husband, I'm like, what do you think about this? He's like, okay, let's go do it. (laughs) Like, So it's been insane. Like I literally two years ago came home from the, um, the manifest tour for wine, women, wellbeing. And I was, I, I looked at my husband, I said, I'm bringing this to Fort McMurray because Cologne already had a branch director at Mm -hmm. the time. Right. 
I I had never been to an event. Mm-hmm. I was at the event by accident uh, that night, and I was like, "I'm doing this." He's like, "Oh yeah, you are." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go, and she's going to be my friend. She doesn't know it, but she's going to be gonna my be friend. friend. Yeah. And she's one of my dear friends now, mm-hmm. the CEO and wow. founder, and. And I remember last spring hiking up Knox with my friend. It was June, actually. And I'm like, all this stuff that I'm doing up in Fort McMurray with this branch and all the philanthropy that's happening, what we as women collectively are doing for our community. Actually, we have a lot of men that come to our events. Mm-hmm. I never say no. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's welcome. Yeah. Uh, that's just how I roll. And so, and we are shifting some things. So stay tuned for that as a little teaser for why okay. women well-being. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, things are shifting because <laughs> we're evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember hiking Knox going, all that stuff I'm doing, I want to do in my backyard. Mm-hmm. This is my, Kelowna's my home. Mm-hmm. Like I want to, and I have so many friends in business here. And I'm like, why am I not in business here? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to make a difference here for this community? I said, it's going to happen. And a week later, I got the phone call from our Mm -hmm. founder, CEO, and my friend, Lisa Webb. And she said, what do you think about helping out with the Kelowna branch? I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) I'm doing this. And so, um, which ended up turning into that director passing me the torch. Mm -hmm. She's like, let's pass the torch to you. You love this community so deeply. And you know, I thought I was going to move here. I'm not moving here. This does not make sense. I need to go do the thing. And so I started in September of 2023 and we sold out that first event, you know, and we've been selling out the events. I think there's one One ticket ticket left left for Wednesday's (laughs) event. And so, and so much more is evolving with that. So it's now I'm very, very intentional about how I am manifesting how I can make an impact with other exceptional humans. Mm, I love it. It's not about Anita Parker. I'm just a small piece of it. Right. And you two are part of that journey, mm. yeah? Yeah. Right? Like, it's just yeah. Like, We're on the train. We're on the train. I love, I love it. And I love how you just full circled the entire podcast because we started off being like, people said, where has Anita been? <laughs> For the last 18 yeah. years. And then you're like, here's where I've been. And boom, I'm bringing it all to Kelowna. I'm bringing it home. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I do. I love that whole, I've been one of those lucky people as well that when I put, when I, when I start manifesting, yes, I, I do also manifest quite easily. But the last couple of years, I've, especially last year, the intention behind the manifesting is mm-hmm. so important. So you have to look at, okay, what do you actually want and why? The why behind what you're manifesting is so important. Is it going to serve others? Is it going to serve your family? Is mm-hmm. it, What is your intention? Is it just because you want something or are you going to make a difference? Make yeah, a difference. Nita's <laughs> always saying something along that line too because she's like... Um, you can want these things, but she's like, what's the why? What's the why? Because if it's ego feeding your thing, you're trying yeah. to manifest, then boom, it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Well, yeah. yeah. It's happened to me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just like, you know, so. And yeah, and then you won't attract those type of people yeah. that you want, want in your circle and that are going to also elevate, not you all only, but mm-hmm. those around. Because you want that room full of like-minded yes. individuals who are the change in the world that is so needed right now. Yes. It is so, there is a shift. There is a shift um, in 
how we're showing up. Mm-hmm. And the more people we touch, it's like a ripple effect. It the is. more power it will have. Yes. The more we spread our wings, the more people will fly. Yes. So that's what I I love about what we're all doing because I do feel we are attracting like-minded individuals, people who are truly here to make a difference for others. A hundred percent. And I love, love that it. so much. Like that just makes my heart. I'm just going to keep replaying that yeah. when I listen to this <laughs> podcast because that is what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I feel really like there's a vortex we talked about, you know, with Bonita Mm -hmm. as well. You know, there's this vortex here in Kelowna for Mm -hmm. some reason that we're all showing up. Why at this time? Why during like COVID things are just shifting and we're all here together? Because I don't believe in chances. I do believe that we are meant to meet the people in our lives, whether for a minute or a lifetime. But there's a lesson in every encounter and I'm just really tuning in on what that message is. Totally. Ears are open. Ears are open. What's that saying? Like a season, a reason, or a lifetime? And people can shift in and out of your life, which is so Mm -hmm. beautiful too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's no right or wrong about that. It's purposeful. And uh, and I really honor that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we're just not ready for the people that come in. But, you know, give it some time. And, you know, like you said, you had a friend. We all kind of, on one of our podcasts, talked about Mm -hmm. having friends and then growing apart or something happening. And then going and doing the work and then coming back stronger. Yes. Yes. Because we needed that space. We needed the space for us to be able and open to change and to learn about ourselves and grow but if we had been friends during that time, we wouldn't have had that space. Right. Totally. So, you know, letting go and creating space to, for things so to come in huge. that so we huge. really need in yeah. our lives. Oh, and the stories like we create ourselves about these relationships, like that friend yeah. you're talking about. I had this conversation with her not long ago because she kind of came back in my life and then... I was like, this is what I've always felt so guilty about in the dis- demise of our friendship. And she's like, you've been carrying on to that for 20 years? And I was like, yes. And she's like, I am going to release you of this burden <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I had my place in that relationship oh. falling apart, as did you. And that is a lot to carry for 20 years. So I'm giving you permission oh. to let that go. Yeah. And it was so healing, that yeah. whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we literally physically carry it. Yeah. yeah. Not just mentally, but f- like mm-hmm. physically for me, for sure. Like I know, like, the, yeah, it's it's so interesting. We're very good storytellers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could have had some really great contracts with Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. Oh, me right? too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been told that. You are, oh, by my... Uh, uh, counselor. Oh yeah. She's like, wow, you must be an amazing <laughs> Story- storyteller. Right. I'm like, I am phenomenal. Yes. I should have a TV show. A <laughs> hundred. Oh, that's hilarious. That is yeah. totally. At, yeah. And who knows? The and one day, the world. That's actually on my vision board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't, you know what? Make fun of me because I was like. My dad used to sometimes make us go to midnight mass at Christmas, and I was just like Christmas Eve. And I, nobody loved doing it. It took so long. 
But I could just sit there and then they'd be like, why weren't you bored? And I was like, I made up this whole story. I was like, stuck in the 1920s. I was forced <laughs> here by my husband. My sisters are like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> just storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, I can totally see us doing great things together. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited. And uh, yeah, I think we, we are... It's time for it's, some rapid okay. fire questions. Oh, so we usually oh. ask a few rapid fire questions. <laughs> I mean, okay, so if you can, looking at, and I know you said, you know, your mom was obviously a fantastic parent, but looking back, is there one thing that maybe about either parenting style or, you know, just a way of communicating that you would say, this is something that I've decided in my parenting that I'm going to do differently? I think the biggest thing was like making sure we had the family time together, mm-hmm. right? Because growing up, we didn't really have like Sunday dinners. And so I think when the kids were young, that was really important. Now it's tricky sometimes because they're working and stuff and school and such. But the family dinner and time for conversation was really important because I missed that growing up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So, and fun trips and getaways, which, you know, we just, there's no money to do those things. So literally since the kids were newborns, like we have been traveling to different places to have those experiences together. And we still do them, uh, not as much as we used to. And so that would be... Again, just that time, that quality time together. So I'm really grateful for that. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think we're too busy, like, oh, like, and listen, I get it. My kids were competitive, um, you know, in competitive sports, et cetera. You get so caught up mm-hmm. in like, I got to get them, especially when they were younger. It was like Taekwondo, dance, skiing. It was mm-hmm. like, go, 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 go. And those car rides actually mm-hmm. are so mm-hmm. powerful. Oh, Mm -hmm. man, they're still so powerful. Mm -hmm. And our kids are like between 17 and 27 now. And Mm -hmm. it's just like still Mm -hmm. the car rides are huge. And there was no getting driven to school when I was a kid. There was no car rides to go do this or that. It was just like, it was like survival Mm -hmm. kind of. Mm -hmm. And don't don't get me wrong. It wasn't sad. Uh, We had a lot of fun things and, you know, we were a bunch of goofballs and stuff. We created our own fun, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The quality time for sure yes. is important in my family as well, especially the life lesson that I've learned is even though you're living together, because my parents moved in last year with right. us and then my last year, yeah, no, the year prior. Right. Uh, and then my dad suddenly passed. And what we took for granted is that because we lived together, we always thought we'd have the time. Mm. And then the time stopped. Yeah. So Not quality taking. time is so important. It's, yeah. Well, I because, see you doing yeah. that. You're doing it very intentionally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like Anyways, taking yeah. time. But yeah, we're going to make her cry <laughs> again, guys, yeah. twice in an episode. But also, okay, what's one of the biggest lessons that, I know there's probably many, but like that one of your kids has taught you along the way that you were like, oh, this is a real aha moment for me. Mm. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what it is. Okay. Oh, Laura. Laura, 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 and today's her birthday, so... Well, happy Happy birthday. birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Laura. I remember my daughter holding my hand and trying to make me smile. Mm. 
And because she knew, like, she knew somehow that things weren't right. Because she was pretty young when her dad and I split. I think she was, like, in grade three or four. And she would try and make me laugh. And I'm like, I'm sticking around in this marriage. Mm -hmm. My story about I'm doing this for the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm which is nonsense. Mm. (laughs) Um, Looking back at it now, like I get it. You have to, you know, do the things. And that, it's so funny because I didn't leave my former spouse. I was going to stick it out and be unhappy just so I could be with the kids and not have to do the one week on, Mm -hmm. one week off, et cetera. It was like, again, divine intervention. He ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. It, It was like... The big guy said, you know what, Anita, if you're not going to walk away and do this, I'm going to do it for you. Mm. Right. And so that's what happened. Now, here's the other side of that. When my husband and I got married, Laura asked if she could give a speech. Mm-hmm. And this was almost seven, nah, almost six years ago now. And so she was like 13 at the time. And she gave this speech and was thanking, you know, Andy and saying, I've never seen my mom smile or laugh so much in her life. Thank you for coming. And the whole, everyone was in tears. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, thank you for coming into my mom's life Mm -hmm. and making her smile and making her laugh. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty powerful. Oh man. Okay. Well, (laughs) it's Alex's time. I'm not going to cry. Um, Okay, well, I know we're supposed to wrap up, but I want to know one more thing and then tell the people where to find you. Okay. But if you could tell 20-year-old Anita just a piece of wisdom, mm. what would you give her? I would tell her she is beautiful. She is loved. She is enough and she is worthy. And I and mm. I tell that to her mm. regularly and I look in the mirror. Nice. Mm. It's... uh. Yes, so that's what I would tell. And just hug her so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's just, <sighs> God. Yeah, um, I know. Right here. Yeah. Okay, so here's so where, where you can, can find, find me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Anita Parker. No, actually, Anita Best Life. Uh, it used to be Anita Parker Best Life, but it's Anita Best Life. You can also find me. My website is about to launch, www www.anitaparker.ca. Okay. And so on there, you can find all the upcoming things that are happening, where I'll be speaking next, different events. There's retreats coming. There's lots of cool stuff coming. So Mm -hmm. you'll want to find me on those two spots. Okay, awesome. awesome. And we'll link it to this episode. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies, for having me. This is such an honor to be here with both of you. I love what you're doing. In the airwaves for yeah. human beings, you're really creating that massive impact to create space for others to have a voice. So thank you for that. Thank, thank you. you. Until okay. next time. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you feel more empowered, moved, and inspired. Be sure to check out the show's description and follow us on social media at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, check out our YouTube channel where you can view and subscribe to our latest episodes. What you have to say matters, so send us your feedback and ideas on what you'd like us to talk about so we can serve you better. And remember, motherhood is a team sport. 